Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Bunch of Beauties presented by Pucker Up Sports. I'm Sam Prevo, and with me, as always, is Jennifer Molia. Got got a lot of energy. I usually nap before this, but I didn't today. It was it was Sam's turn to nap before we recorded. Um, but I'm I'm ready for another for episode thirteen, as Sam would say. Sam, would you like to say your joke? It's our bat mitzvah. It's we're, our bat mitzvah. We've we're officially women in the eyes of God. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Okay. Um, and now, now to follow up that. Uh, Ariel Melendez. Um, I am back from work. Not a lot of energy, but we're here. We're here. It's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll build up the energy as we go. We're we're a, we're hi- we're your personal hype women today. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Okay. So I don't know if there's much to dive into with the semifinals. I mean, both series are tied. There's only two games played in each uh, series. Do you guys feel a way about either semi series so far? Um, I, I don't really think so, particularly. Um, I, I feel like, like you said, it is kind of early. Um, we have the Islanders and Tampa tonight tweeted the little graphic on pucker up sports. Everybody go retweet it. Um, yeah, that's probably the series I'm more invested in. I just feel like the, the Islanders kind of storyline is more interest is the most interesting right now, uh, potentially because I live on Long Island. Um, but just because I feel like, as I was saying last week or the week before, they're kind of like a new ish team, like in the past couple of years, that's like, um, like gone deep in the playoffs. So I think that's like the most exciting thing. Tampa, I'm kind of like, okay, you already won. Um, and then the other series, I, I don't like Montreal and I don't like Vegas. So I just have absolutely no investment. Um, I, I have, I have no horse in the race, if you will. Um, yeah, that's my. Those are my assorted thoughts. I don't know if anyone else has any assorted thoughts thus far. Not, not really. I don't think I really have an investment in either series. Like I have even less to say about the semi than you did because I, I have zero investment in like, like I don't hate Vegas, but I'm just like, all right, we get it. Yeah, like, yeah. You're good. Um, Montreal, like it's you're Montreal. I don't really have a again have much words to say i i think i don't i don't really know uh i and islanders i don't really have any feelings towards i, I yeah and the bolts i mean i like some players on the bolts i say like players there's one single player who doesn't even play that i like <laughs> but i'm not like invested enough to be like oh go win the cup again even though loki i kind of am but yeah, I don't have any like true feelings about any team in there. So yeah, yeah, I, I I think we're seeing some good games, even though I will be flat out honest, saying I haven't seen a single one of them. But I think I think they feel like competitive though. Yeah, yeah. judging, I think ju- I saw that. Yeah, they judging from like- my judging from my mom's yelling at the TV, uh, <laughs> the Islanders, the Islanders Bolt series has been good. She's kind of, we, I wouldn't say we're hopping on the Bolts bandwagon, but they're like the lesser of all the evils to us, and and we're kind of cheering on Ryan McDonough, basically. Valid, um, very valid. But I I will say I was pleasantly surprised, and and I guess. Like, I like when series go long, especially this deep in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I, I'm glad that Montreal put up a fight last night and uh, won the game and proved that they can hang. Because yeah. I think I think some people were 
were, I think the general consensus before, before last night was that they were being kind of being thrown to the wolves to Vegas and that Vegas was just going to kind of make an, e- make it get an easy win out of them. But clearly that's not going to be the case. Um, so good for them. Also, I hope, uh, I don't remember why am I losing the guy whose eyes went super red. I can't oh, remember okay. his name. Was, was it Petrie? Pet- was it Petrie? I don't remember the guy. I, 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 so. I knew it until just this moment. <laughs> the um, guy I hope- whose eyes went yes, super yes, red. Yeah, yeah did you it. not see these yeah. bloodshot eyes, Jen? No. Yes, Jeff, eyes, like Jeff Petrie, Petrie, I'm not sure how you. Jeff Petrie, was it Petrie? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's he, so scary. Been, oh, okay, so just I go know, to Twitter. I if you go to, what it was. If you and go I on Twitter like... and search Petri, as soon as you type in Petri, it says Petri eyes. Oh, so my as God. As, <laughs> as soon as you search it, you can find it. Um. Anyway, so, yeah, I hope his eyes get better because that was really scary. Um. So let's move on to the news, I guess, that has been around the week. That um, is scary, Jeff Petrie. Yeah. <laughs> I, am, I am so sorry, King. I hope you get better soon. That's terrifying. Isn't that terrifying? Go on. Yeah, demon eyes. Okay, so on to the news. There were two head head coach uh, announcements uh, in the last couple days. Uh, The first one I want to talk. I mean, both kind of affect like myself and 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 Jen because they're our 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 teams. But yeah, uh, since I watched the full press conference this afternoon, this morning, whenever it was, uh, it was this morning. uh, Rod Brindamore was extended as the Hurricanes head coach. So finally, Rangers fans on Twitter can stop saying that they're going to get Brindamore and Eichel. Uh, half of that, anyway. They'll just keep saying mm-hmm. they're going to get Eichel. Um, so it's a three-year contract extension. I think everyone in like the circle of like Hurricanes, like of Hurricanes fans that are super in the loop and like Carolina's like media core. Everyone kind of knew that this was going to happen. This was a matter of time that it was going to happen. I think Sarah Sivian went like blue in the face saying over and over and over and over and over and over again on Twitter, like, he's not going anywhere. He's going to sign. He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. And what do you know? He's not going anywhere. Um, In the press conference, it was pretty much what we all kind of thought was happening. Uh, The major holdup from getting him extended was he he wanted the same staff around him and he wanted to make sure that they also were, you know, getting paid and, and all that. So sorting out his staff and all their situations was what kind of the holdup was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was all got sorted. They have a contract. Um, and Rod said himself that he wasn't that worried. It wasn't good that it wouldn't get done. He didn't really think about uh, being anywhere else because he's a hur- he he's a hurricane. He doesn't want to be anywhere else. Um so that's awesome to hear. Uh, the one thing that um, I found interesting was how candid him and Waddell were just about the state of the team and like uh, the Dougie Hamilton stuff. Um, because uh, Dougie Hamilton was given permission to speak to other teams about a contract. So the potential situations are kind of he stays in Carolina and gets extended or they sign and trade him because they don't want to lose him for nothing. Um so those seems that seems kind of like the two options here. They don't want him to walk on July first. Um, so Waddell was super honest about it, which I I thought was interesting. He was just like, you know, he has every right to see what his other options are, mm-hmm. and we kind of want him to explore what those other options are because if he's not going to stay here, we don't want him to walk away for nothing, and we don't want to wait till June twenty eighth to make that decision. Um, so I, I think there's still a good chance that he stays. I think the big 
issue is um, term on the contract because since he, if Carolina was to resign him, they have the option of the eighth extra year instead mm-hmm. of seven, um, which is the normal for other teams. But I think he wants the eight, and I think Carolina doesn't want to lock him up for that long. He just turned twenty eight today. Happy birthday, Dougie! Happy um, birthday. So an eight an eight year contract would take him to when he's thirty six, uh, which I think scares the Canes a little bit, especially yeah. especially when they have to lock up. I mean, Jacob Slavin won't be on his amazing contract forever. Neither will Brett Pesci. Uh, they have Andrei Sveshnikov in RFA, so if they bridge him now, they're gonna have to pay him later. Um, so having Dougie locked up long term is just uh, they. I think they want the security of uh, and the assurance of a, a shorter contract, uh, and obviously he wants the job security of a longer contract. Cause I know uh, Tom Dundon's like owner ownership style, and he's not afraid to write an $8 million check to Dougie Hamilton. It's just for how long is he writing that $8 million check? So for them to be, <laughs> uh, for them to be like super honest about it was interesting. And I, and I appreciated it. Um, but yeah, they're super clear about the culture that they're trying to set up and and clearly Rod is doing a good job. He's nominated for coach of the year. So this was all just this was all just putting a bow on something that like we just needed we just needed to see the pen put to paper. We did we knew yeah. it was gonna happen, but it was just yeah. a matter of time. So that's my that's my spiel about uh Rod Brindamore slash Dougie Hamilton. Yes. And I mean, we could always dive more into the Hamilton situation, but that was just the the, the baseline on what was said at the press conference. Thank you for the update. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have thoughts. Obviously, you follow uh, the Canes a lot more closely than we do, but I I can definitely get the struggle of not wanting to sign a player to a contract that lasts until they're thirty five or thirty six year old uh, years old. Uh, hi, my name is Jen, and I'm a fan of the New York Rangers, who um, employed Mark Stahl and Dan Girardi. Actually, that's a good segue, Dan Girardi. Um, so Dan Girardi I will stop. is a great segue. So I, I will stop. But um, my my point there was just, yeah, I, I feel like that's kind of, um, it's like a, a hard line you kind of have to toe of, yeah, you want to make sure that he's going to be with your team for X amount of years, but you don't want to be stuck with one or two years of, oh my God, please get this man off the ice, which is what we experienced with Mark Stahl and Dan Jordy. All love to them both, but that yeah. was a little bit painful. Yeah, I think it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like if you were on our team for $2 million instead of like six, we'd be a lot happier and we'd be, content- yeah. we'd be content with you doing the things that you're doing, but it's too much money for this. Um, and exactly. I was having an, I was having an interesting conversation with my dad about it before we get into the Rangers coaching situation mm-hmm. with Dan Girardi and, and Gallant. But um, I was having an interesting conversation with my dad today about, oh, cause I was updating him on the Dougie stuff. Um, and he was saying that, um, and I agree with him that the trend it seems in the NHL, I think the, the GMs, especially with the cap, the way it is, are going to try to avoid those giant seven, eight year deals um, just for, you know, not wanting, especially when these guys are signing these deals at 27, 28 years old yeah. that take them to the 35 plus contract for them. It's great because that's, it's the biggest contract of their life. They want the job mm-hmm. security till they get to the guaranteed 35 plus contract, but for the teams, it puts them in a situation where they're at the beginning, it's great. And in the latter half, they're screwed basically. Um, and that the NBA model is one to look at where the, the quote unquote supermax contract, 
um, is five if you're re- five years if you're re-signing with uh, your own team, and then four if you're signing somewhere else. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And the PA will probably never go for it in the CBA and whatever, but uh, just something to think about where, like, the difference between the NHL and the NBA. Um, but that, you know, this might be a trend that GMs are leaning towards where they want to sign, like, even six-year contracts instead of seven or eight. Um, anyway, so uh, Dan Girardi, as Jen mentioned, great segue that I totally <laughs> blew, to, blew to smithereens. Uh, Gerard Gallant is the new head coach of the New York Rangers. Uh, they finally announced it. Uh, he has a four-year contract, reportedly. Pierre Lebrun was saying that it's a four-year contract with around, worth around $3.5 million per year. Uh, and allegedly Dan Girardi may be joining, uh, the coaching staff to help with the defense. Um, I, for one, am intrigued to see how that plays out. I mostly just want to see how Gallant plays out from the things I've heard. This is a great move. I mean, from what we've seen of his last couple coaching jobs, this is a great move but just in general from what i've seen on twitter and like people's consensus on it is that this is a really good move for the rangers specifically in general that the star players in the room will be very happy about this and that he'll create a more of a uh stronger coherent culture which i think maybe the Mm -hmm. rangers were missing uh as evidenced by uh the the everything yeah the gestures vaguely the uh shit show that had that has transpired in the last couple years so um (laughs) the nicest way to put it i mean there's i don't know if there's any nice way to put what the rangers have put us through the last couple years but um yeah i'm I'm super into this hiring apparently they were kind of waiting to see what happened with um brindamore and one other Mm -hmm. coach but ultimately they they didn't want to lose him so they they gave him the offer which i think was smart yeah, I think yeah. I think the thing I'm most surprised or not surprised, most interested to see is um, when you mentioned Dan Girardi. It, it's always an interesting concept to me to see a lot of teams go with former players, mm-hmm. and specifically like former players of their own teams mm-hmm. into yeah. the coaching roles. I think that I'm always interested to see how it plays out. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about just in general the concept of former players coming back to coach. Maybe I think specifically the team that they played for, you know, the yeah, team. yeah. Well, and for a while, I know the Flyers did that. Um, obviously, with Ian Laperriere, now he's going to coach the Phantoms after being with the Flyers, uh, after being, you know, an assistant coach, scout, all that, all these kind of things. For the Flyers, I know Nick Schultz is involved with the Flyers organization as well. I forget what his role is exactly. Um, but I always am interested to see just how it plays out when you kind of transition from a player to coach. So I, I think I'm kind of more interested to see how that um, how that goes for the Rangers. Yeah, I I agree that it's definitely like hit or miss. And I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the Rangers hiring. Was it Messier? Yeah, we were talking about yeah, how, how not a good idea. That we <laughs> exactly. To come in. Yeah. So I I think that it can definitely be hit or miss. Obviously, coaches, I think Sam said, coaches get hired to get fired. And really all, like, front office people for sports teams, you get hired to get fired. You're obviously not going to be there forever or, like, till you die. Um, so when when you do hire a former player, specifically a former player, 
of the team, you know, you take that risk of, yeah, the fans are definitely going to turn on them at some point. You might like taint this image of this player, I guess. Um, in the case of um, the, the Dan Girardi reports, um, I think he's a good pick, even though it, I, I poke fun at his last couple years with the Rangers. Um, he, he really was like, the picture of a perfect ranger for like a couple years you know he he would just really just go out and leave it all on the ice every night he was the definition of what it meant to just like be i was gonna say gritty but like i one like the flyers mascots that's kind of awkward and like two i hate the word grit like in hockey like i feel like if you don't know what to say about a player just like he has grit um but i mean that's the word i was thinking of is just like gritty hard-nosed hockey like he really did just like play his heart out um with the rangers yeah, i was gonna say he had heart Yes, yes, better word. Um, so I I personally would not be opposed to having him help out. Um, obviously, as I said earlier, you run that risk of the fans turning on him, players image of him maybe changing, but I think at this point we've been we've been through so much with Dan Jardy in relation to the Rangers loving him, hating him. Um, the buyout, the exit, uh, whatever that I I think that it it's definitely better than like a Messier or a Messi. I don't know what I was trying to say. A Messier uh, kind of situation because he's like God to Rangers fans and Dan Jardy really is not. Um, so I think there's less of a risk. But yeah, I, I think uh, Girardi would be a good choice. And I, I'm pretty much on the same page as you, Sam, with the Gallant um, hire. I think it's a good move, uh, like you said, based on the last couple places he's been. And as we've said, the Rangers have just kind of been a mess in every way possible for the past um, period of time. Don't don't know when it started. Um, so I, I do think that it would be good to kind of like get that team mentality back and that kind of like, okay, like we're all in this together, like that family kind of vibe back um, because it, it, it it's just not there. Um, so um, just hoping that that hire and a potential Girardi hire would kind of start to move the team in the right direction again, because they're not there. They're in the wrong direction yeah. currently. Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't think anything could top the way that what they did to JD, who was like universally loved uh, yeah. prior to, because he went from fan favorite player to color commentator. He's like, in the upper echelon of, like, beloved former Rangers, we talked about it before, but he was mm -hmm. definitely very up there, and he was kind of brought in and given this whole, like, like this whole parade, basically, for coming back, and then they just tossed him away and back to Columbus. So, yeah. I think after that mess, uh, I don't think anything will, like, be worse than that. I think the only thing worse than that would be, like, hiring Messier or someone on that level and then doing yeah. what they did again but I don't think that'll happen uh right now it looks like the Rangers are relying on former players of theirs because Chris Drury is the GM um yeah. it's kind of hard to not find players that didn't play for the Rangers at this point uh they tend to bring a lot of people in even if it's just for a cup of coffee as my parents <laughs> like to say um but uh I think I think I was going to say, I think I was going to call him G like I know him. I think uh, Dan Girardi is going to be a really good fit. Uh, I just, as like, like I said, you're trying to rebuild the culture in that, in the room and everything. And he was one of those guys that he, I mean, he had an A for a while, I think. Um, mm. And he was just one of those leaders in the locker room and he has a great personality. And that was why fans liked him so much. Um, yeah. And some of the guys already know him. 
uh, like Chris Kreider already knows him True. pretty well. So, uh, and he went on that cup run in 2014. So if we're trying to get back to, you know, that type of feel, I mean, those were my favorite Rangers teams from 2012 yeah. to 2014. Those guys, like you said, they felt like a family. Um, mm. You really felt like we were all like in it together, like team and fans and whatever. So mm. if we're trying to get back to that, which I kind of hope we are, then he's kind of the guy maybe to help because he was yeah. a huge mm. part of that. Um, so if it's true, I hope so. I mean, also that means he's not going to be assistant coaching in Buffalo anymore. So that'd be an upgrade. It's honestly perfect that you said that because I absolutely did not even know he was there. Yeah, he was assistant coaching in Buffalo, which is why I was surprised that um, he, like this rumor came out that he was going to the Rangers, but apparently they cleaned house with the whole coaching staff because they're looking for a new head coach in Buffalo. So yeah, and there's drama with that apparently, uh, but the Sabres are a mess. Yeah, um, so fair point that's a we're just killing it with the segues today because that's another great segue into what's been going on with the saber um yeah. so there's lots of stuff coming out uh of buffalo lately elliot friedman's been like spilling all the tea um with their head coach situation so apparently they were trying to hire jack capuano uh mm-hmm. who i didn't I even know was still coaching that. i didn't yeah, even I know he was coaching he's in ottawa uh, he's an oh, good he's an assistant, and apparently the Sabers asked for permission to you know speak to him, and the Sabers said no, and apparently or Jack Ottawa, mis- yeah Ottawa said no. Sorry, Ottawa said no, and apparently <laughs> uh, Mr. Capuano is very upset about that. I mean, yeah. I would be if a team was stopping me from getting a potential promotion. Yeah, so apparently there's a lot of tension with that. Uh, I don't know. Also, uh, there was like, I, I don't know who said it, but apparently, like, just to stir the pot, someone was like, yeah, and when Gerard Gallant got hired, yeah, he he did an interview with the Sabres. Like, of course he didn't. Um, <laughs> so things continue to, they're just, they just continue to be down bad in Buffalo, guys. I yeah, mean, I that's think a... that feels like that's just who the Sabres um, are now. But interestingly, there's been a lot of talk about um, not only the draft, but what what the Sabres are going to do with Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart. Um, so the I've been screaming about Eichel to L.A., um, but apparently the Ducks are very seriously interested in Jack mm-hmm. Eichel, and the Sabres really want to send him to the to the West. They want him on the West Coast, get get him as far away from them as possible, which usually in the case <laughs> of trading a star player, you don't want them you in a situation where they're going to be yeah. playing against you over and over. So I understand. Um, but also that LA and Anaheim have great prospect systems, so it works. It's mutually beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently the Ducks are, like, huge players in this. It could involve trading the third overall pick, even, um, because they were interested in Pierre-Luc Dubois um, earlier this year, but their trade package didn't did not include Jamie Drysdale or Trevor Zegras, so they couldn't get anything done with uh, Columbus. But perhaps one of them would be involved in this trade to Buffalo, or the third overall pick would be enough. Um, so I find it interesting that Anaheim's emerged as a top player for him. Um, but by all accounts that I've seen, at least from like Marty Biron, who who is um, pretty close to the team. Um, he said that they're, they're going to play this out as long as they can, um, because his no move clause Eichel's doesn't kick in until, uh, July 1st of next year, not Mm -hmm. this year. Um, so they have plenty of time for him to, you know, recover from his neck injury. Um, 
and build up his value a bit more. Or maybe they could, in some wild world, they convince him that they can win with him there and keep him there. Um, I think that's a long shot, but you never know. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it on the Eichel front. I mean, I'm like tired of talking about this. Like, I, I want something to just like be resolved with this. <laughs> can it just happen? Yeah. Um, but I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think LA or Anaheim would be a perfect fit. The thing that I found more interesting because every they've been trying to trade him for years is that apparently the Devils have interest in Rasmus Rasulainen. Okay. Oh, did yeah, I saw that uh, uh, the day before. I saw this tweet. It says uh, from Lance Lasowski, who covers the Sabers for the Buffalo News. He said, uh, "The Devils have interest in defenseman Ristolainen, according to multiple sources. The Devils have assets, picks, and prospects that would make a deal work for Buffalo. Glaring need at right hand defenseman with Carrick, a UFA. Um, Connor Carrick, I love you. Um, but I find it fascinating that anyone would have any interest at all in Rasmus Ristolainen, especially with the contract. But I mean, everything he said is right. The devils have all the assets. Um, from everything I'm reading, clearly the Sabres do believe that they will have another top first round pick, whether it's from a Reinhardt trade or Ristolainen trade, something they're going to get another top first round pick in a draft that no one really knows much about, which I'm interested yeah. Except apparently the Sabres think they know more than everyone else. As well. Yeah, I read the full quote because apparently the 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 original quote was taken out of context for those who don't know. <laughs> for those who don't know, basically the, same, the original quote was taken out of, uh, there was a very small snippet where, I think it was Friedman still, he said that the Sabres um, are like, are basically laughing in everybody's face because they're, they, <laughs> they don't value their picks in this draft but the sabers do value their picks because they know this draft extremely well better than the other teams uh from what the full quote said it seems like they're not thrilled with this draft class but they just know that they've been doing their research and they think they could find diamonds in the rough with picks that other teams don't necessarily want that was basically that it wasn't as like yeah, it wasn't as like clear cut like ha ha ha. We know better than you. But. Yeah, it wasn't as it wasn't <laughs> yeah. like we're the we are our, our scouting department that we fired all those months ago. So, what scouting so department? That's what I was like. Tr- truly, I was like, what scouting department even like saw that anyway? Yeah, I mean, I was like, I kind of knew that wasn't really like. I was like, there's no way Buffalo's like, oh ha ha ha. ha. Our non-existent scouting department thinks the draft is better than all you guys do. Like, I didn't think, like, <laughs> Buffalo is, like, a, to put it, like, the simplest way I can, like, a shithole, basically. Um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't think they were that deep into it where they'd be like, ha-ha, we know better than you yeah. guys. Like, we're so bad, but, like, we we know, we just know this draft's going to be something that you guys don't know. But, I, I mean, I was just holding on to the hope that that was actually true. But yeah, I know. Deep down, I knew that really wasn't, but... My main point was what you ended with, like, what scouting department anyway would have said any of that? But, yeah, it does seem like they really think they're going to get another pick, so whether it is in, in one of those trades. Um, I haven't heard as much about Reinhardt as I've, as I've heard about Eichel, so I kind of forgot that he was one of the other guys that they were looking to yeah. trade. I know not to stay on the Eichel stuff, but I know a lot of – because they mentioned he mentioned a couple other teams that might have interest, and the Flyers were one of them. And I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know. 
like I don't really know just because of what supposedly they I don't know what they want exactly. I've heard a lot of things tossed around. Something about like obviously you want to you want an NHL player back. I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. And like a prospect mm-hmm. and a pick and and all this and I've seen a lot of names thrown around. That a lot of Flyers fans like think like Konechny or like one of your young defensemen. And I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about a guy that wants a surgery that's never been done on an athlete before. I, I don't yeah. know how I feel about that. I mean, if it was the Jack Hawker we'd seen before, maybe I'd have a little bit more interest. But it's just tough when it's an injury to the neck. Obviously, that's a that's a tough area to mess with. Yeah. But when you yeah. are looking at a surgery that has never been performed on an athlete before, whether he's going to actually get it or not, I think that's what scares me more than anything is we don't know how that could go if he does get that surgery. So yeah. I'm not sure yeah. how I, I – don't, I don't know that he'd be their top target anyway. I think they're looking more on defense than they are on offense. But I'd be more nervous about that than anything if I'm a team yeah. looking at him. I – it made and it it bothered me with the whole surgery thing because I remember when the quote when his quote from his exit interview came out and he said like the team won't let me have the surgery on my neck and mm-hmm. but he didn't go into any detail about it and it felt to mm-hmm. me that he like he was using I think I, I may have gone on this rant before but I think he used I feel like he used it as like leverage kind of probably yeah um, I can see that to try to get out of there and I understand you are you feel like you're being mistreated you feel like you can win somewhere else you're tired of the mediocrity I get it like I I see both sides of the coin but I think it's unfair um to misrepresent a situation knowing that the media is going to take it and run with it knowing that like exactly what happened Twitter was up in arms about why won't mm-hmm. this organization get the get their athlete the healthcare he wants, especially when they're trying to keep him in the organization? I think it's uh, it was unfair to misrepresent that situation and try to use it for your own personal gain when you know full well that you're trying to get a very experimental procedure done and this team needs you. Basically, you know that they need you more than you need them. Yeah. And you're using it to your advantage instead of, understanding like why they're not going to pay or allow you to get this highly experimental surgery that could end up doing more harm than good to you or keep you sidelined longer than they'd want um just so you can like get more sympathy and get people on your side to get you out of there um it just seemed very like it it was very sus to me um I didn't like it (laughs) Uh, I mean, I'm not like Jack Eichel's biggest fan anyway, but I just thought that was unnecessary. I mean, everyone knows that you want out, and every yeah, everyone trust me, we do. And everyone knows <laughs> the level of mismanagement going on in the organization. You don't need to lie and say that this. And yeah, the, he was saying like they. He basically said like they own me, so they can do what they want with me. Like, don't you know what that is? Don't like, don't you have an agent? Don't you have someone who re- like reads you the contract <laughs> and says like, hey, yeah, this is the this is the terms of the con-. like. I don't understand. Whatever. That was just. It was so long <laughs> yeah, ago I mean, now. It just gets me riled up because I just think there it's there's levels of pettiness that you don't have to go to. I was gonna say yeah, like I feel like you can, especially with a team like Buffalo, like you can hint at the fact that like maybe you don't want to be there, like you're looking betrayed. You can like fully request a trade, but I think the the way that he goes about it sometimes it just borders on like 
I don't want to say trashy because it's like not a professional word, but it borders on like, just like unprofessional, you know, like, okay, we get it. You don't want to be there. Like Ariel said, we all know it. Like, trust us. You don't have to like dig the knife in deeper. Um, Yeah, I agree. I just think, I just think it gets shady. Maybe that's the word I want to use. Yeah, I was going to say shady when I said it was sus to me. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a very like bad situation all around, but like you don't make it any better by saying things in that way. You know, because obviously like, Mm -hmm. like Sam said, everyone was rightfully at the time in an uproar when he says that because the way he says it, it's like, oh, I need this surgery. The team doesn't want to give it to me. Obviously that sounds bad, but when you go further into it we find out it's experimental it's never been done on an athlete like this this and this okay maybe we now we understand why the team doesn't want to do it (laughs) now we get it they don't know what could happen so yeah like i said trust me we all know you don't want to be in buffalo we all know probably a lot of guys that don't want to be in buffalo like we get it we understand it but there comes a time where if you keep saying it like the team has no leverage at that point like people know Mm -hmm. he wants out and if you want to get what you want for Eichel, you're not going to get it when he's constantly said, I don't want to be here anymore because teams yeah. know yeah. you're desperate. Well, they got screwed with Ryan O'Reilly that way. And mm-hmm. I also think that ultimately in Eichel's position, because there's that added layer of they don't want to get burned again. Like they got burned with the Trust Ryan me, O'Reilly I'm trade. O- I'm okay with that trade. <laughs> I feel good about that. <laughs> well, Sabres fans aren't. So when, uh, <laughs> when they, uh, so there's that added layer of we're not going to make the same mistake twice. You um, probably are, though. I, they probably are, but I think, I mean, yeah. ultimately, if it really gets down to it, they are just going to trade him to trade him. But at this point right now, on June 17th, 2021, I think him constantly undermining the Sabres and, like, saying, like, I don't want to, like, giving those hints of, like, I don't want to be here might end up keeping him there longer mm-hmm. that's so, pre- yeah that's pretty much how i think how i think it's gonna go Cause, is yeah because they want they it, the more he diminishes his value the more they want him to play to get it up um and yeah that's the thing is like i'm sorry to interrupt no. you but i think that that's why they say like when a player requests a trade or when a player like wants out, like maybe like keep your head down a little bit, like be low key, like go into your little exit interview at the end of the season, like say your three pre-written phrases and leave. Like you want to kind of fly under the radar if you don't want to be there because then like you don't have any bad blood. You can just kind of leave on not your own terms because they are trading you. You are a pawn. Welcome to sports. Um, But (laughs) I get there is no leaving on your own terms in a trade, but I feel like you just kind of get to go out not not with a bang, go out with a soft thump rather than a bang. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my my point of that was just, you know, there's a reason why they kind of say like, okay, kind of like mind your own business, keep it low key. Like if you do want to get traded, because what if they are like, you know what, we hate you, we're not going to trade you and you're going to suffer here, like have fun, you know? So it's just, it, it's, mm, not not my fave yeah not my fave and I, don't, I mean I don't envy the Sabres at all for being in this situation and oh. the last thing about the surgery is I do think Peyton Manning had something similar I saw a lot of like comparisons to the injuries um oh. but Peyton Manning was older and uh I mean we saw like through the years how injury is impacted him I mean he didn't get out I mean he had an amazing hall of fame career but obviously towards the end he didn't 
he didn't, and he's not like Tom Brady still playing at 41, like slinging, yeah. you know, footballs like at an elite rate still. So <laughs> I, 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 like I keep saying, I understand why Eichel wants the surgery, but I also understand why the Sabres are like, mm, we're going to hold off for a little bit. Um, yeah, I think ultimately the goal is to get him healthy. So I'm sure that's their focus right now, not trading him, even though they're taking calls on him. I'm sure the focus still is, hey, we need to like figure out what to do like to get this guy like treated and healthy enough that he can play next for us next year. Because if we if he's not traded, which is probably the case, then we need to put him out on the ice and he needs to do Jack Eichel things in order for us to not have a repeat of this year. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, Before we move on to the next thing, I just saw something on the timeline. It was posted four hours ago. So I don't know if you guys had seen this about the Chicago Blackhawks general situation. Yeah, I didn't know know if we wanted to go into it. I just want to bring it up because um, it is something that is – happening and it's not being handled the best maybe so um the tweet is from tsn hockey and it says blackhawks management allegedly refused to file a report to police during the 2010 playoffs Uh. after two players claimed a video coach with the franchise had sexually assaulted them according to a person familiar with the matter so i'm the the attached tweet from tsn has an article i'm not going to read anything from it there's a bug in my room i'm not going to read anything from it because it is pretty long and uh just as a warning there is like pretty lengthy discussion of sexual assault in it but there was one part that i just wanted to bring up yeah so they they lay out kind of like the the key players throughout it and this person gary is the team sports psychologist So this part, obviously, like I said, content warning for this section, but it says, according to the former Blackhawks players lawsuit, Gary allegedly convinced at least one of the former players that the sexual assault was his fault, that he was culpable for what had happened and had made mistakes during his encounter with the perpetrator and permitted the sexual assault to occur. Excuse me? A psychologist said that? A sports psychologist said that. He should not have a license to be a sports psychologist anymore. Yeah, so obviously there's a lot more to the story. And like I said, this article, um, it's just on TSN, at TSN Hockey on Twitter, you can find it. But there really isn't a ton to say about it. I just want to bring it up to say, hey, that's not right. And you shouldn't do and say that, especially if you're a psychologist. And it really does just continue to feed into the, not just in hockey, but in sports and especially in men's sports, um, just just general issues with sexual assault. Yeah. I think that there's this there's this stigma that people think it can't happen to men or they're lucky if it happens to them and they should be grateful, but I don't know. It's it's just not great and I I think it's important to me to make it known that we don't condone oh, that. Absolutely not. <laughs> we just we've, we've it, talked yeah. about the the lawsuit before. Um and I mm. and I'll, I'll say what I said again that there's clearly it's evidenced it's, I mean, we, we've seen it, the evidence before, but this even proves it further that there's a problem in hockey culture. Not, I mean, obviously there's other issues with like race and, and homophobia and things like that, but also there's this, I mean, I guess maybe the homophobia part ties into this, the sexual assault thing, but on some deep emotional level, but um, there's a huge problem on all, at all levels of hockey. Cause I, I, I brought him up before, but Dan Carcillo has been very vocal about the things that go on in OHL locker rooms and that happened to him in the OHL and that he was 
uh, convinced was okay to do to younger players in the OHL. Um, and he deeply regrets it now, but it was done. And uh, obviously this is going on at all levels. I mean, um, even all as far back as, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him. I'm Sheldon Kennedy. Um, I don't think he so. Was, sure. He was, uh, had a very long like period of sexual abuse from his uh, coach at like younger levels. I don't remember if it was junior necessarily or if it was prior to junior, um, mm-hmm. but he has a whole documentary about it. And about how it affected him emotionally in his life, you know, further down the line. Um, Yeah. But clearly then this is a systematic problem in hockey. And the perpetrators are, you know, given the, not given much consequence, if at all. And they continue to be around potential victims. um, And it's not right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's disgusting not only that the Blackhawks wouldn't report it but that the psychologists gaslit these people basically um yeah. and turned it on them that's disgusting and that like I said that person should not have a license anymore um but I think we really need to take like a good hard look at at these practices and listen to people like Dan who are very open about what's happened to them um and really look at like what what the hell like I use my language but like what the fuck is going on behind closed doors in these yeah. locker rooms not only between like player to player but coach to player um because this shit can't keep happening pretty much yeah I, I think that's a pretty good way to sum it up yeah I mean like I said there there isn't a ton to say about but I just want to bring it up because it is yeah. something that's continuing yeah. to happen unfortunately um and uh, and as we said before when we've discussed things like this obviously it's a lot better to be on the side of a potential survivor than on the side of a potential assaulter um even if we don't know all the details of yep. it and obviously just support to uh those particular people and support to anybody who is going through something like that um, it's kind of it's kind of like a hard thing to segue. Well from, said, Jen. We can just nope, that's totally. We fine. can just move yeah. on. <laughs> I was just gonna go into uh, quickly because the expansion draft is like a month and a weekish away. It's on, Ju- on July twenty first. It's June seventeenth. Scary. Really close. It's like a month and four days. Um, that's so scary. So I kind of met, like mentioned Dougie Hamilton. Uh, and uh, as you know, as someone who uh, is speaking to other teams, apparently the Kraken are super interested in him. Um, I mean, and, yeah. and that could be a potential sign and trade. But Pierre LeBrun said uh, he's hearing from team execs around the NHL that there's still some sticker shock to what Kraken GM Ron Francis wants in return on side deals for teams with protection issues who want certainty now. He said TikTok. The poker game is on <laughs> one month away. Um, I mean, so I guess he's trying to, you know, do what Vegas did. And I guess some of the, yeah. some GMs are, are getting, uh, like getting smarter about it and being like, Oh, wait, this doesn't yeah. seem mm. so maybe yeah. as it gets closer and they get more worried about their protection situation, they'll cave and listen to what Ron Francis wants. But, uh, the hurricanes <laughs> are in a position where maybe if they can't work out something with Dougie Hamilton, they sign and trade him. So that way they can keep. Jake B and Brady Shea, Brett Pesci and Jacob Slavin all together and figure out how to fill the holes after that with free agency. Now that they don't, they're not spending $8 million on Dougie Hamilton. Um, But yeah, I think, I think that the expansion draft will be fascinating and it will definitely dictate what happens the rest of the season. 
Yeah, I, I don't season. think it's I don't think it's su- a surprise to hear that uh, about Seattle because of course they're going to want to try and do what Vegas did, you know, because because some of those deals obviously when you look back in hindsight, you're like oh, I can't believe this team did that, you know. Mm-hmm pay you know basically paid them to take this player who turned out to like be a star like this from that like march or so and guys like that who turned out to like shine for vegas so it's not surprising that seattle's like hmm we see what you did there vegas um we're gonna get some desperate gms to do the same for us but on, on the other hand you would think not necessarily would think gms have smartened up a little bit that maybe as as they get closer and as we kind of start to find out Who's going to be protected on what team? I forget when those protection lists get released. I think it's like a week or so before the expansion draft because I know there was the trade freeze on the 17th. Um, yeah, maybe it's then. Before the expansion draft, I think it's around then. So you would think after seeing what happened with Vegas that a lot of GMs are going to be a little bit more, not suspicious, but more kind of like we know what you're trying to do to us. But also on the flip side of like when you say that now, but when things get closer and you're like, oh, crap, I don't know how we're going to protect this player. I don't know how we're going to protect this guy. Well, but we want you to take this guy. So like we got to give to get basically. So it's not really a shock to see Seattle try to go that way. But I think teams are going to play it a little bit more different just because of the whole thing with Vegas. But Mm -hmm. we're going to get some desperate team doing something. Um, Confirmed the date is the 17th. Yeah, so a, mo- a month from today, they have to. It's the so perfect phrase, yeah. timing. A month from today, uh, we'll see everybody's list. Um, yeah, it'll be super interesting. I mean, uh, I was trying to think, you know, in my head of teams that maybe that Seattle's talking to on the side. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know they're still in the playoffs, but I would have to think Tampa is one of them. Um, they re- they want out of Tyler Johnson's contract. Hella bad. <laughs> Um, and they're just cap strapped because I mean they're 18 million over right now with their full roster. So oh yeah, yeah. So that 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 was the one team I could definitely think of. I was trying to think of other teams, but that they just kept coming to mind. Um, so we'll see what they're able yeah. to pull pull off. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. I I my one of my favorite parts of the uh, Vegas draft was in the days leading up to it, in the days around the list when you would see the little tweets like, hey. This team has an under the table deal, so watch this team, the, this player get picked instead of this player. You'd be like, "Ooh, I wonder if it's gonna happen," and then it happened, and you were like, "Ah, oh, sports." Um, so that's, that's personally what I am looking forward to. But like, like both of you said, I think that teams see the kind of success that Vegas is having, and they're like. How did we let this happen? We gave them all our worst players and they're like being so much better than us. We can't let that happen again. And then it'll literally happen again because sports are fake and the NHL isn't real. Um, but that's just, I I like like expansion drafts and expansion teams. Like I've said before, I think it's exciting. I make a whole big deal out of it. I will watch the expansion draft like it's a Stanley Cup final game. Um, but Here's to here's to hoping we don't get another annoying four year old team that wins everything or tries to win everything because Vegas is simply on my last nerve. Send puppy pictures, please. Um, no, I won't. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Um, I think we'll probably end up seeing like a oh so and so's wife is looking at houses in 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 Seattle. <laughs> like what happened yeah. with Marc Andre Fleury? 
Uh, yeah. Or someone will take their team out of the Instagram bio or someone Whoa, will be spotted yeah. somewhere. It, it always happens. So uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, I like I said, we have a month to dwell on it still. Um, it'll. I can't imagine. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say I can't imagine it going the exact same way as Vegas. Watch it go the exact same way as Vegas. Um, um, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> it's. I mean, the, the what blows my mind is they're following the same rules, which you would think they would change them because clearly Vegas manipulated them to their advantage. And Vegas yeah. is exempt, which is the most hilarious part. Yeah, that one. Yeah. that one got me the most. They would be, knew. Because they would be a cap strap team that would make a side deal under the table to keep their roster intact, which is the funniest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And they can just be like, we're still fine. They're going to make some like stupid tweet like, how's everyone doing watching? How are y'all doing watching the expansion draft? Like, we're just chilling with our popcorn watching it. <laughs> Good luck, Seattle, or whatever. Yeah. Like, they're they're going to do like the, the Phil Kessel tweet that's like, felt like there's something important I should be doing tonight, yeah. but I'm just sitting at home like that tweet. Yeah. There's going to be something crazy, but we'll have to see in a month from now. But I'm sure there'll still be yeah. more rumors and everything, and it'll all ramp up. As of we get closer, but just something to think about. That's all musings. Um, the uh, I guess we could just go into the uh, PA players poll because I thought it was interesting. So every year the NHLPA does a players poll. They poll nearly 500 players apparently about different uh, things around the league. Jen, did you see any of this, or are you? Uh, I did not. Okay. So I'll just go through them all then, and uh, I think Fun. we'll give our two cents, I guess. Um, yeah. So they have different sections. The first section is on ice stuff. Um, I thought they've been more in depth with these in the past, but this one was a little. Uh, just like a few little ones. Oh, and then they do the fun ones yeah, too, yeah. right? So yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> the best goal scorer, forty six percent voted Austin Matthews. I mean, he won the Rocket, yeah. so sure. Um, then Ovi got thir- Ovi got 33%, and then the two other people, uh, who had, like, a significant amount of votes, Pasta and McDavid. Oh, yeah. okay. Valid. Um, Valid. Yeah. best defenseman, overwhelmingly, was Victor Hedman. Um, yeah. it's, his, it's the third season in a row that the PA's players poll has, uh, picked him as top defenseman. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is, like, feelings. I'm just over him, like, straight <laughs> up. <laughs> um, I'm just done. What I'm more over is that Drew Doughty got, two per- like, almost 3% of the vote. How? In 2021. How? In 2021, okay? I can't. Um, Kale McCarr got 7%. Roman Yossi also got you, 7%. Kale. And then John Carlson got 2%. Um, okay, the, yeah, the rest of those make yeah. sense. <laughs> Drew, Drew Downey. And then their honorable mentions were, because they barely missed the top five, uh, Seth Jones and Miro Haskinen. I'm so happy to see Miro Haskinen get re- recognized. For sure. Um, I'm guessing a lot of the Dallas players uh, picked him out. Um, best goalie, overwhelmingly Vasilevsky. I don't think yeah. that's really a question. Yeah. Uh, no. Mark andre Fleury got about 9%. Carey Price got 8 hmm. Then Connor Hellebuck and then Tuka Rask. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Who is the most complete player? Uh, Sidney Crosby and Patrice Bergeron lead the way with about 24% each. Valid. Then Barkov, then McDavid, McKinnon, Anze Kopitar, which I thought was interesting. 
Yeah, Kopitar's a little bit of a surprise. I I would have expected McDavid a little bit higher. Yeah, I, I, I expected but, maybe Drysdale um, be on here, not Kopitar. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think maybe just like the LA, like we're still kind of like into those guys on LA that were really good on the Cup teams. I mean, Drew Doughty yeah. is a perfect example. This is the thing that surprised me though. So the. the English. Crosby and Bergeron were the top voted most complete player, right? So right. Then the next question was, if you needed to win one game, who's the player at any position you'd want on your team? It's McDavid, yeah. right? Has to be. Has but to I don't be. understand, like, what is going through the players' minds then. If that's the guy that you What's want to win one game, how is he not also then the most complete player? I don't know where the disconnect is with that because Crosby got 23% yeah. of the votes because that makes sense. He's the most, if he's the most complete player, you want him on your team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nate McKinnon got 6%. Bergeron got five. Andre Vasilevsky got five and Patrick Kane got like three and a half. Oh, well. Um, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. I just, that, that disconnect didn't make sense to me. I mean, I would also want Connor McDavid on my team if I like had yeah. to yeah. win one game. Um, or maybe Barkov, but like I or McKinnon even. I mean, he goes Super yeah. Saiyan in the mm-hmm. playoffs, but I yeah, really. I, I also, oh, not to not to no, go ahead. What also mm-hmm. didn't make sense to me is if Bergeron got twenty three percent of the most complete player, but only like under almost under four and a half of you'd want him. There's also yeah, that's like rough. there's a disconnect there too. Yeah, it's like a weird yeah. flip flop because McDavid only got like seven percent in the one and thirty six in the other. Yeah, and they then basically like flipped. They, they yeah, they, they essentially flipped, and I'm like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I, I guess don't know. It's like one game, like you know, McDavid's probably gonna score for you. Yeah, but if you're like talking yeah. about the player who does it all. Like, I, I guess I can see where you're coming from, in a way, but it still feels a little odd. Yeah, it felt really weird to me. I don't know. Yeah, doesn't make a lot yeah. of sense. <laughs> NHL players, guys, we can't. Why well, try to figure them out? How do you solve a problem? How do you solve a problem like NHL players? <laughs> So true. Um, so true. And then Ovi obviously was overwhelmingly for best shot. Yeah. Um, Patrick Kane was overwhelmingly the best stick handler. Yeah. Uh, Nick Backstrom got the majority, but very slim majority for best passer. Patrick ba- oh. Patrick Kane was like four tenths behind him. Yeah, it said only two votes separated them. Yeah. I, I mean, I I think I think Nick Basham's one of the most underrated guys in the league, to be honest. Oh yeah, I agree. Um, now here's your here's your here's yours, Jen, who's has the most Yay. unique tape job. Um, <laughs> David Pasternak won. Uh, I, I mean, this is like war- horrible without pictures. This is bad for a podcast. But David Pasternak has the yeah. most uh, unique tape job. If you want to see pictures of it, just go to nhlpa.com/slash/playerpoll. I know, um, and it's Tim funny Stutzels because, like, weird. yeah, Tim Stutzels is weird. Yeah, it's funny because, like, as not hockey players, like, I feel like I I look at this and I'm like, oh, haha, tape. But like, <laughs> <laughs> when you're a hockey player, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at these pictures and I'm like, ooh, his tape is a little bit further apart than his tape. Like, the one- ooh, <laughs> it's because they're so obsessed with tape. Yeah, yeah, and obviously, again, like we said, you have to see this. Looking at Kevin Fiala's tape, I don't see anything that's weird. I think it's because he rubs the wax all over the um, oh, okay. I was over the blade. Like, it just looks like his tape 
it just looks like he's used his stick a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think I think yeah. it's just because he rubs the stuff all over the tape. Um, most fashionable went to Austin Matthews. I mean, he was on the cover of GQ. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, David Pasternak got 11%. P.K. Subban, Henrik Lundqvist. I mean, not nothing surprising. Um, yeah. Most superstitious, Sidney Crosby, apparently. Yeah, I can I can see totally that. see it, too. He's a weird person. Uh, <laughs> most star players are really weird. Yeah. Um, and then it's, there's... I swear these were more in-depth in the past, because I've seen ones that are, like, about trash-talking and, like, yeah, all these other yeah. kind of things. This definitely didn't seem as, like, in-depth. Um, but, yeah. so, this thing... They asked them about the season in general, the 2020... I don't know why they call it 2020-2021 when it was only played in 2021. The- all 2021, but yeah, really. They asked them, would you like to see regional divisions, like the the setup now, carried forward? And they said no. So, yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to guess an overwhelming no. It was no. 68 to 31%, which is not as overwhelming okay. as I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then this uh, was another thing that I, like, uh, this wasn't surprising to me. Would you like to see the series-style schedule carried forward? And 66% said yes. I think, yeah, they would yeah. prefer that. They like... Like, they like the tension and the rivalry of it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's good for fans to watch. So I I kind of agree with them. Like, if I was a voting member of the NHLPA, sure. which I'll never be, but if I ever was, <laughs> I would have also voted, yeah, let's continue that. Because it's it was so fun this year seeing, like, mm-hmm. how tense things got. I mean, especially, like, because I watched a lot of Carolina's games. The way they got kind of into it with all the with both the Florida teams – yeah, yeah. That I mean, rivalry got like intense, especially with yeah. Florida. Not even with Tampa, which I thought was interesting. With Florida, it got really, really intense. I, I think things have always been kind of that's been like an underrated like building building rivalry because they were mm. both bad, so no one really like paid attention. But now that they're both good, I think it's getting even more heightened. Um, but always in the past, games between Carolina and Florida have been very, very chippy. And very physical and like guys getting in each other's face and and you know like mm-hmm. jeff skinner's not a fighter he would fight guys on florida on a regular basis like try to fight guys on florida on a regular yeah. basis um so i think there's something there but i think it's even better that now we get to carry it over and when they bring the divisions to normal they're going to be in the same divisions oh no they won't be sad <laughs> sad never mind i was gonna be like it's gonna be even even better but now it's gonna be worse no, anyway, <laughs> don't mind me. I'm still half asleep, I guess. Um, That's okay. <laughs> but it'll be it'll be great. It would be great to see like a series, still a series format to keep those tensions up. You know, mm-hmm. um, even if it's like you play all, you go on the Florida road trip and you're down there like a week or two, and you play all your games mm-hmm. against f- all the games in Florida and Tampa that you have on the schedule. Play them all yeah. in a row. I think it would be cool. I think that that's something that I like about baseball. Like, my friends and I, like, sometimes we'll get tickets for, like, a whole Mets series. Like, maybe, like, Mets Nationals. And then you just, like, boo the Nationals for, like, three days. It's kind of fun. I kind of like it. I think it's – I, I like it a lot. And, like, you see the how great playoff hockey series are and how, like, intense mm-hmm. the teams get with each other. It's not going to reach that intensity level in the regular season. But right. you can still build those – those storylines and that tension and the like what's better than a really good hockey rivalry where things get get all like old old school hockey but like it's true <laughs> old time it's hockey. true it's yeah. true but like i mean i'm not gonna lie to you. i'm not gonna sit here and lie and say i'm not entertained when 
like back in the day, the Rangers and the Devils did like a staged, well, it wasn't staged. I guess it was part staged, part they really hate each other. They dropped yeah. the gloves at the, off the opening face-off and tried to kill each other right from the start. Like those things are fun to watch. And I'm sorry that, I mean, I'm sorry that rubs you the wrong way, but I think it's really fun. And, uh, <laughs> and I think it, it, that would continue. That'd be, it would be even like more amplified if you put in the series aspect of, of the schedule. Yeah. Um, for sure. Cause there's yeah, regional rivalries, but yeah, I wasn't really surprised at, at either one of those questions that the players were kind of very overwhelmingly like, no for the regional divisions but like yes to be like well we want to play like teams a couple times in a row but like can we play other teams like two like i I wasn't really surprised that they were kind of in that way for each and i kind of agree with that like yes i would like to play teams outside of this division because like i am tired of seeing the boston bruins like please go away yeah we get it you're better than us like i get it but also like Playing those couple games in a row against, like, you know, teams like Boston, if, you know, if they stay that way, or, or Pittsburgh. Because, you know, developing that Flyers-Penguins rivalry again, it, it didn't seem like it, it was as intense now as it had been before. So getting kind of rivalries like that back, I think, would be really good. But, like, yes, please get the Boston Bruins as far away from Philadelphia as possible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the divisions are fine as they are right now. Uh, with the way the four are laid out. I mean, the Pacific is packed. So with Seattle coming in, they're going to have to jimmy it a little bit out West um, and put someone in the central. Uh, so we'll see what they do with that. But in the, on where the East is concerned, I we think, I think it. the divisions are fine and the series, they want to, if you want to limit travel costs or whatever uh, that because of, you know, revenue lost with COVID, I totally get it. And, just in general, you know, owners are always going to want to save money. I think the series format is a great way to do that. Uh, you go mm-hmm. somewhere, if you're a visiting team, you go somewhere and you stay there for a hot minute. You're not flying back and forth. You're not going there multiple times a year. If it's an in, in-conference opponent or an in-division op- opponent, you just go there once, play your games there, and head home. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I think that'll be that'll be a good thing. Um so yeah, I think we've exhausted all the news going around. Um, I did want to bring up this one thing because I don't know if you guys saw it. A couple had their wedding in Vegas at uh, the Vegas Montreal game one. They oh, I they, think I saw a video. It was all over NHL's Instagram. They showed up. She was in her dress. He was in his suit. They walked to their seats, sat down with their rally towels. <laughs> I. Good for them. I love hockey, guys. I really do with my whole heart. It's the reason I'm on this earth. But I would not spend my wedding day at a hockey game. I don't oh, know how you guys know me either. Oh, we different people. <laughs> well, I see, I can't. I don't think I would want to come to the game like in my dress, though. It, if I'll do that. I, I mean... Yeah, I'm a very different, like, person. Like, I'm not into, like, all that, like, frilly, like, stuff. But, like, not to say, obviously, there's anything wrong with that. That's just me as a of person. Of course not. It's just me as a person. Yeah. Right. So, like, I think I'd be okay with that, but I wouldn't want to be there, like, in my, like, 
pristine, nice, like, wedding dress. Like, oh my god, down on some pizza. Like. Yeah, so she she was walking down the stairs, like, in the one video, she's walking down the stairs, like, of the arena to her seat in her dress, holding her beer, like, trying to, like, <laughs> keep her dress from hitting the floor. And I'm just standing there, like, that thing is going to be so disgusting at the end of the night. And, like, what if you yeah. spill a beer on yeah. yourself? Like, uh, I was freaking out. And, like, I guess I'm a typical Virgo in this way that I love, like... I, I'm such a perfectionist and I love, I, and I, and I, oh, I just, oh, I don't know. It just freaked me out. I would never have my wedding that way. Also, I just, I, I love being the only child syndrome. I love being the center of attention when I can be. So, yeah. <laughs> so my wedding's my day. Like those videos of people getting proposed, like their sister gets proposed to at their wedding. I'm like, ew, why are you oh, stealing yeah, my like, day yeah, by getting yeah. proposed to? That I can um, understand. But yeah, I just, yeah. My wedding's my day. I, I want all my friends and family there. So my grandparents, when they, so for those who don't know me, uh, my grandparents met in the Rangers fan club. My parents met in the Rangers fan club. I, that's why when I say <laughs> I'm literally here because of hockey, I am. But my grand, my dad's parents who met in the Rangers fan club, they're, they're, they didn't have their wedding at a hockey game, but their honeymoon at the time, there were only six teams. So their wedding, their honeymoon was to see the Rangers play on the road. I think they went That's to like so Detroit. I think they went to Chicago. I think they just followed them basically like around. Mm. I think they went yeah, on a road that- trip and played all the five other teams. They followed yeah. them. I would do that. I think that's more, yeah. I think when I say yeah. that, that's more what I would do. I wouldn't have, like, my actual wedding day there. I wouldn't show oh, up in my wedding dress. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> like, I would, yeah. I think that's more so what I would probably do is, like, to celebrate, like, afterwards. Like, yeah. Think, All mm. right, let's go follow the team, like, on the road now for, like, a week, you know? Yeah, like, it, like, sure, it's, like, like we're on our honeymoon or, like, bridegroom. Yeah. Like, that that would be cute. Like, little mm. jerseys that say, like, bridegroom and, like, the numbers yeah. are our wedding anniversary or whatever that's like that's cute showing up at (laughs) t-mobile arena or whatever it's called in my wedding dress coming down the like coming down the stairs carrying my beer while my husband doesn't hold up my dress and it gets all dirty like yeah i want to know how her dress is like like vegas bride girl if you're listening hey how how expensive was your cleaning bill after that can the dress be saved i need to know (laughs) Did any beer get on it? Please, I need to know. I need I need to know. Oh, goodness gracious. But I, I, I needed to talk about it because I wasn't sure if I was the only person being like, that's a little much. Yeah. You know, good for her. Good I'm for sure her. I mean, like, people do so many crazy things. Like, I know, I, I know a couple that, like, walked in. You know, when, like, the couple walks into the reception and everyone's like, yay! Mm-hmm. Uh, they walked in to the Rangers goal song. Like, Oh, I think I've seen I've that, seen too. I've seen that yeah. happen a whole bunch. Like, cool whatever people do really cute like gimmicky things at their wedding but i think going to a hockey game is a little on the actual day is a little much i hope the dress is okay. it was a very pretty dress i hope it's okay (laughs) it was um but yeah that was my little like fun thing oh also i wanted to do a quick poll because i don't know why that i got so heated by this but i saw Mm -hmm. someone else do a like on kane's twitter do a poll about it It has nothing to do with hockey but i i figured we're 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 in episode 13 we're becoming women we can we can let you guys know a bit more about ourselves um yes do you sleep with socks on yes or no absolutely not yes Wow. Not not on like not always. Like I'm not like I have to sleep with them on. I have to sleep with them off. It's just like 
if it happens, it like I'm not like oh my god about it. I hate it. Me too. I if if it. I if I ever like if I'm f- I will only do it if I'm freezing because I'm always cold. So if I'm freezing, mm-hmm. I'll wear them to bed. But ultimately, in the middle of the night, I kick them off. Yeah, yeah. I if I if I do fall asleep with socks on, I wake up and they are no longer on my feet. Yeah, that's the same thing. I'll yeah. do that. I'll take off like hoodies in my sleep too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've done it. I've done it. Yeah. But I wanted to know because it was very polarizing on Twitter and the the poll itself that uh, my friend did on Twitter, uh, it was like 90 to 10%, like 90% no, I don't sleep with socks mm-hmm. on, 10% yes, I sleep with socks on. And people were getting like super heated about it. So I I thought yeah, like, I'd find that out about you guys on yeah, live. I don't on have recording. like a, yeah, I don't have like a preference, I guess I can say, but like. I have slept with them on or off. It, I think it depends, like, when I've taken a shower and, like... Yeah, I shower like, before bed a lot. I usually do, yeah, if I shower, I usually shower at night, so I won't put socks back on, but, like... Right. If I'm not showering at night, like... Yeah, I'm, showering, ho- like, I'm hot after a shower at night. Like, I like I don't it want depends. socks on when I go to sleep. That's, like, a whole other discussion of are you a night shower or a morning shower? Oh, That's, like, a whole night, other debate. Night, for sure. Night, 1,000%. Okay, me too. Yeah, me even too. though I took one during the day yesterday. <laughs> I I sleep on my hair when it's wet, so that way it's not, like, an afro from air drying. Sam, I do it for the same reason. <laughs> so true. Yeah, I so air true. dry my hair, so. I only air dry my hair in the summer when I shower after being in the pool or going to the beach because... I hate that like slimy feeling of like mm-hmm. sunscreen and sweat like mixing on your body. Like yeah. I hate it. So as soon as I get back from the beach, as soon as I get back from like being in a pool, I have to shower. Yeah. I will I, yeah. I can't sit and wait around because I feel disgusting. So that's the only time I, I, I air dry my hair. Well, that was fun. Oh. We we uh <laughs> you learn something new about your friends every day. That was fun. I like that. All right. Well, this has been our teenage, our introduction to teenagerdom. <laughs> our, our coming of our age coming episode. of age movie. I that hope you all, we hope you all enjoyed. Um, thank you for listening, and you can follow us on social media at Pucker Up Sports. Uh, that's on everything. At Pucker Up Sports on Facebook, at Pucker Up Sports on Twitter, at Pucker Up Sports on Instagram, and you yeah. can find written content at PuckerUpSports.com. Uh, thank you again for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.